Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. 2-0 on track. This one is crushed. Left center field way out of here. Now here's your host, Trent Rush. Oh, the winter meetings, crazy as ever down in San Diego. My name is Trent Rush. Hey, hanging out with you on the Angels Recap Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Wanted to basically spend this time now, in case you missed last night's show on Halo's Hot Stove on Angels Radio AM 830. We had a chat with Phil Nevin. Uh, we got to hear great insight from Perry Manassian to give you exactly what the Angels are looking to do this winter. We'll reflect on what they've done already and also talk about what is to come for the Angels so far. Uh, I made some references to Aaron Judge throughout the podcast or on the show last night. Uh, now we know that Aaron Judge is staying with the Yankees. Nine years, $360 million. That news coming uh, just before 5.30 on uh, this Wednesday morning. But as far as what the Angels are up to, that's what this show is all about, right? Here on the Angels Recap Podcast. Well, last night on Halo's Hot Stove, we talked about all of it. So in case you missed last night's show, here it is now, our first installment of Halo's Hot Stove for this 22 23 winner. Live from the winter meetings, here's your host, Trent Rush. We are broadcasting here at the Hyatt in San Diego, second floor right behind the MLB Network set. My name is Trent Rush. Welcome to the first Halo's Hot Stove here of the 2022-23 offseason. we got a lot to get to here over the next hour. I want to get some of your thoughts as well on the Angels offseason to this point. On Monday, our podcast came out previewing the winter meetings. We spent a lot of time talking about the Angels' moves to this point and the emphasis on depth. And we're going to get into a lot of that coming up. We're going to hear from Perry Manassi, and I've been meeting with him uh, several times over the last two days. Uh, looking forward to sharing uh, some of the, the quotes from Perry, who just got off the MLB Network set a moment ago. Had a chance to sit down with Phil Nevin a little bit earlier today. We had a really good conversation that I'm looking forward to sharing as well. And uh, also, uh, you know, this is the kind of time where <laughs> there is there is a, a difficulty to the winter meetings. It's, first of all, uh, I've been covering this uh, three, four years uh, they've been doing this. couple last couple of years, they haven't had the winter meetings, but uh, it's back here in San Diego, just like it was in 2019, and it's kind of interesting when you hear a lot of chatter, and it's hard to sort out what's real and what's not, and then sometimes uh, you might be thinking, well, oh, boy, I don't know if anything's going to happen, and then all of a sudden, all it takes is one text message that could totally turn your day around and go, wait a minute, oh, this could happen? This would be uh, something crazy, but uh, there's a lot of pie-in-the-sky thoughts sometimes and a lot of different things 
that can happen. That is the magic of the winter meetings. There is an urgency here. There is a sense of trying to get something accomplished here. Perry Manassian has talked about that uh, several times over the last couple of days. The Angels general manager just about uh, when you come here, it's not necessarily looking to do something, but if something comes uh, your way, you want to be opportunistic. You want to be ready to go and be prepared. And, and that's something that uh, Perry Manassian really believes in strongly. First things first, wanted to talk about the move the Angels have made to this point before we start getting into uh, maybe what moves the Angels could made or, or could make or should make or, or what could happen over the next uh, few hours or so or going, getting into tomorrow as well down here at San Diego. The Angels have brought in a, a very good relief pitcher and Carlos Estevez had a chance to talk with him a little bit earlier tonight. Uh, he's an impressive guy, of, a fierce competitor and somebody that I think is going to bring a, a little bit more edge to the Angels bullpen as well. And, and when you think about what Carlos Estevez has done in his career, um, he does have uh, 25 career saves and I know that doesn't sound like a lot but when you take Ryan Tapera's 18 and Aaron Loop 7 and Jimmy Hergit's 9, that's only 34 saves combined with that group. So Estevez instantly becomes a guy that's going to be used in late-game situations, whether it's the eighth inning, it's the ninth inning. That was a big reason why he wanted to come to the Angels. He also talked a lot about how he feels like the Angels are an organization right now that is truly pushing to get back into that contention spot and get back to the postseason. I know we've been talking about it for a long time, but I think it also says something, too. It's one thing that you know for me to sit here and talk about the Angels wanting to do that you know, you hear it from Perry Manassian, you hear it from Phil Nevin, you hear it from different people in the organization. When you start hearing free agents say, no, I want to go to the Angels because that's a team that is really trying to get better, really working to improve, and I'm excited about what they have coming their way. It's a sentiment that we have heard. Hunter Renfro has talked about that. Tyler Anderson has talked about that. Gio Urshela has talked about that. And then it was reiterated again by Carlos Estevez, uh, who's going to be 30 years old on opening day, the 29-year-old right-hander. 4-4 four four record last year, 3.47 earned run average. He also had 54 strikeouts in 57 innings. So this is a pitcher that did you know that was pretty successful and to do so in Colorado the other thing about Carlos Estevez too man this guy is a power pitcher average fastball 98 he's in the 95th percentile when it comes to heat and his off speed is really a plus pitch on the road you just don't get the same kind of depth you don't get the same kind of break breaking balls uh, in Colorado get hung up there they get hit hard and it's kind of interesting too looking at you know the ERA difference is negligible actually he was slightly better at home than on the road last year for Estevez pitching in Colorado 3-4-5 at home compared to 3-4-9 away but then you look at other things like strikeout to walk ratio. He only had 20 strikeouts at home last year compared to 17 walks. That, that off-speed pitch is a big part of that. And then you compare that to what he did on the road where he had 34 strikeouts to only six walks. That was basically uh, in the same number of innings too, just under 29 both home and away. So uh, Carlos Estevez comes the Angels at, to be a, a big part of the Angels' bullpen, uh, a bullpen that, that, quite frankly, needs to improve. And when you look at what they were a year ago, the Angels had the 18th best bullpen ERA. But at the same time, when you're looking at what they were going to be towards the end of the season, uh, you know, you, you did not have Rysel Iglesias back there anymore. Jimmy Herget stepped up, and, and I thought he was good for the Angels. Ends up, you know, getting nine saves for the Halos. And, and that was great to see. But coming into this year, the Angels need more and they need more 
power. They need uh, relief pitching that you can really depend on that has shown they can do it at the major league level. And that's something Perry Manassian talked about as well, just about what Carlos Estevez brings to this club. One of the things I've talked about a lot is improving the bullpen, and we felt like we needed some power. Um, it was something we, we lacked to a certain extent, just pure stuff. And um, what, this, what this player has been able to accomplish in Colorado, which is obviously a difficult place to pitch, uh, what he did in the second half, which he performed extremely well, what his, how his stuff plays outside of Colorado, really digging into some of the numbers and going back to, you've all heard me say this, the person, right? It's a 10 makeup. I mean, it's a guy who's reliable, dependable, wants the ball, not scared. Um, you know, so we thought he was a really, really good fit. And you know, our bullpen's wide open. He's going to have a chance to pitch late in the back end. And, you know, it's going to be Phil's call. But, you know, we feel like we've got multiple guys that can do that. You know, when the eighth, ninth inning rolls around and, Eighth, ninth inning rolls around. We've got multiple options, which um, what we want. You know, we want to provide our manager and our coaching staff with multiple options. That's our job. That's my job. So um, it doesn't mean we're done in the bullpen. If there's more there, we'll definitely take a look and can never have enough. Uh, but we feel like this was a huge, huge addition for us. And I think it really has a chance to be impactful for the Angels. And the other thing about Carlos Estevez, just looking at home versus road, and, and I mean, he's a totally different pitcher away from Coors Field, and that is not uncommon to hear that among guys. But, you know, his career ERA, 5.57 at home, compare that to 351 away from Coors. So that's a better indicator of what kind of pitcher the Angels are getting here. Somebody that essentially has a 3-5 career ERA when you take what they were able to do out of the toughest place to pitch in all of baseball. So Carlos Estevez comes to the Angels and you know the Angels bullpen needs to improve. Um, and, and sure, if there's another opportunity to get somebody else back in the Angels bullpen, you just heard Perry Manassian say that's something the Angels would be interested in doing. You know what also could be kind of interesting too is maybe some of these guys the Angels have drafted over the last couple of years as they develop, maybe you think they're going to be starters, well, maybe they turn out to be relief pitchers, and the Angels can bolster their bullpen from within. I mean, it was just a couple of years ago, they, every pitcher that they, or every player they drafted was a pitcher. So maybe some of those guys can start contributing at the major league level coming out of the bullpen, maybe not necessarily the starting rotation. Um, we did get injury updates on Griffin Canning and also Chris Rodriguez, and, and there is some hope that those guys are going to be ready to go for the start of opening day. Chris Rodriguez, to me, is an interesting guy that may be a fit in the bullpen. I know that you know he's been a starter, he's been very good, but has a long track record of injury trouble. Well, maybe you can kind of combat some of those injury issues by having him in the bullpen. That, that could be something to explore moving forward. So that's somebody that's in-house that I think that could be a really key contributor for you as well. No word yet on if exactly that's going to happen or not, uh, but... I would think that that's something that the Angels would not rule out. You're trying to get whatever you can to contribute at a high level, at the major league level. Um, as far as the rotation goes, we did get the sense, it's actually made pretty clear, the Angels are going to have a six-man rotation again this season. Now, Shohei Otani is going to pitch every sixth day. He's going to be that sixth spot in the rotation, whether there's an off day or a doubleheader, whatever it is. 
he, you know, because sometimes last season in the six-man rotation, when there's an off day in there, well, then he's pitching every seventh day. And the idea here is to get to use Shohei Otani more, to where he's not facing an innings limit, uh, or not even an innings limit, just trying to get to the threshold to where he could qualify like he was last season. That's something the Angels weren't thrilled with. Um, I think the Angels really want to be able to use Shohei Otani more often. And when you think about that, too, if he's skipping some off days, who knows what that means by the end of the season. But, I mean, that could be the difference of four or five more starts for Shohei Otani, and, and that could end up being significant. You know, maybe that number's a little high, but, I mean, guys, if you can get, if you think the Angels right now are an 84-win team and you get Shohei Otani four more times, now all of a sudden they have a chance to be an 88-win team. And when in the playoffs you just got to be one of those three wild cards, all of a sudden just that move alone could be the difference of the Angels being a playoff team and maybe not being a playoff team. Now, there is so much work still to be done this offseason. But one thing that Perry Manassian has really emphasized has been the depth of the organization. And we talked a lot about this uh, in the podcast that came out on Monday. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, Angels Recap Podcast, available at angels.com slash podcast. And what we talked a lot about there was, you know, when you go get Tyler Anderson, okay, yeah, he's really good, but it's not Jacob DeGrom, it's not Max Scherzer, but Tyler Anderson still 15-5 and five last year um, with, with a 2-5 ERA. Is he going to be that necessarily again? No, but you know, maybe. You, you never know. He's coming off a career year. You don't expect somebody to repeat a career year, but you know he's a very capable pitcher, somebody that adds depth to the rotation and maybe being a two or a three for you, depending on, on how you feel about Patrick Sandoval in there. And then you go and look at Gio Urshela, who has a chance to be an everyday player for the Angels, but not necessarily as a starter for the Angels at one position. We could see Gio Urshela playing all over the field in different spots. That's something to be mindful of this year. And then you go you know, further down the line, and another move that the Angels make. I talked about the depth by bringing Carlos Estevez in there, but then Hunter Renfro, who is a starter for you. We're probably going to see him you know, every day in the Angels outfield, probably in right. Who knows? You know, it sounded like uh, Paramanassian talked a little bit today about, you know, he could end, you know, play in left field some, you know, the, and, and the Angels ballpark at the big A, left field a little tougher position to play than right field. So maybe you see Hunter Renfro's, you know, outstanding uh, defensive player uh, over there with a great arm. But Either way, this is a player that is a starter for you, is going to be a key contributor for you, but it's not necessarily the big, splashy, headline guy. And the Angels have done a really good job this offseason so far of picking up four quality, impactful players that are not necessarily big splashes, but are going to help at a lot of different levels, plug a lot of holes. Because, look, quite frankly, we saw last season the gap from what it takes uh, from where the Angels are to what they need to be to be a playoff team. And, you know, for the Angels for so many years, they've had a lot of star power, and then they've had a lot of guys that are trying to cut their teeth at the major league level and try to prove that they belong at the big league level. And it's been very rare to find a group of players kind of in the middle. Well, the Angels have brought in four of those guys that are kind of in the middle right there this offseason. And uh, the way Perry Manassian described it, he, he talks about how it, it's not necessarily um, raising the floor, or raising the ceiling. It's thickening the middle is what the Angels have needed to do. I felt like we needed to really dive into the middle of the roster, right? And I, I, I hate using that term because these are not mid-tier players. We feel like they're very quality, good players, but... You know, not, you hear the term raising the floor all the time, and, you know, I, we're trying to do that too with some minor league free agent signs and those types of things. But, 
know, for us entering the off season, one of our goals was to, you know, we're very top heavy to a certain extent, at least we were, and we wanted to thicken up the middle to, to, to a certain degree. And we feel like we've been able to add some pieces that, that fit. And, um, you know, I, I think sometimes you have to, sometimes it's just, you, you look at things and common sense, right? And, you know, do, would we all like star players? Absolutely, right? It's exciting. It's exciting for the fan base. Um, you know, but mm-hmm. it comes down to winning ball games. And in baseball, you need a lot of quality to win ball games at a consistent rate and be in contention to make a playoffs playoff spot. So that's kind of where we're at. All right, so that's Perry Manassi and talking about how the Angels have really made a, a concerned effort to try to build the middle part of this Angels lineup, uh, the Angels roster as a whole, and they've done a good job at that uh, to this point. Again, more work to do. And when you kind of look at, you know, I was on fan graphs, I was messing around this morning, I posted this on Twitter, and I just kind of took a look of what the perception is for the Angels and the way the metrics kind of line up and what the Angels can be like come this 2023 season. And overall, they're 16th, and you expect them to be rated high in center field, which they are, at DH, which they are. Starting pitching, you know, came in at ninth, which is good. They should be. And I mean, the Angels went from being a bottom third rotation two years ago to being a top third rotation last year. So, okay, ninth is pretty good. They, I don't like how the bullpen's rated. They had a 30th, but, again, that's the perception uh, that's out there, and that's at least what uh, the metrics and the projections are right now. Again, all of that has to be taken with a grain of salt, but you just kind of look at you know the way that the Angels kind of line up and it gives you a bit of an idea of at least how other teams and other people see what the Angels are going to be like this year. And I think it's very clear adding more pieces that are of quality, that are not necessarily flashy, but are going to help you win a championship are, are important to add. And the Angels have brought in four of those guys already. Now, would it be great if the Angels were able to go, you know, who knows, maybe if the Angels are in the Aaron Judge mix or the Carlos Correa mix. I mean, there's a billion rumors that are flying around all the time. Um, who knows? But uh, if they were, you know, that'd be great. And you, you have another superstar to add, but you couldn't do just that. I think what Perry Manassian has done at this point, he has done such a good job of putting together an offseason where you're plugging a bunch of different areas to where now if the Angels were able to go get a megastar, well, it's not just the star, it's they've also addressed a lot of other issues. And the importance of depth is something that Perry Manassian really believes in. You know, I'm very thankful that I've been given the opportunity to improve the club. And that's why you hear me say that pretty much every time we acquire someone because there's certain teams in certain situations. Um, you know, everybody has different situations, right? So I'm in a situation, I'm very lucky, and I know that. I've got some really good players at the top end of my roster. It's my job, our job as a baseball operations group, to improve that roster as a whole. And that's not one splashy move. You know, I know it's fun at the time, but when that one splashy move has an injury in April to a hamstring, you better have something behind it. And we've learned that the hard way the last couple of years. So uh, we'll continue to try to make the team better. 
one thing that's interesting too about where the angels are at right now is the payroll is way up already from a year ago even if the angels don't do anything else uh, the, the money that is being spent on the roster for 2023 is already beyond what it was last season now the luxury tax has been raised a little bit there is still some more room uh, before the angels get to that point um, so again if the angels were to make a move there would be room to do so but uh, they've already you know the, the payroll's already gone much higher than what it was a year ago and, and Perry also talked about the importance of having uh, the increase in payroll when putting together a roster for this coming season it's about opportunities right when there's a good opportunity that presents itself you know I, I take that opportunity and I go to ownership and I, I basically present my case of why this makes sense and um, you know we've been able to improve this club I feel like significantly at this point in, this, in the offseason and we still want to do more um, you know there's still areas where we can improve and we will look to do that um, but uh, I think the one common theme in this organization when I was studying it deciding whether they come or not is the commitment to putting a good team on the field has it always worked wins loss wise no but I think the intentions were always there and every year there's been an investment on the major league club so uh, I'm not surprised, and um, you know I'm, I'm excited with what we've done. That's Angels general manager Perry Manassi, and my name is Trent Rush, broadcasting live here at the Grand Hyatt. Halo Dad wants to know what the plans are for a shortstop and another starter. Well, as far as the shortstop position is concerned, here's what Perry Manassi has to say about how the Angels feel about what they have internally at shortstop. We do have some. We do have some talent at shortstop. I will say that. And, uh, you know, David Fletcher, when healthy, I think we've all seen what David Fletcher is when he's healthy. He hasn't been healthy. So, uh, you know, I think what he's doing this offseason, you, know, uh, you know, we've had a chance to talk to him. and Nev had dinner with him last week, and he's putting in some work to where I think he's going to have a way better year than he's had the last two. So, um, you know, I think some of the other players, Soto came up and played well. Velasquez played really good defense and, and we do think there's upside um, to the bat especially right-handed so we do have some options there with that being said that's a spot we'll continue to look to if there's an opportunity to improve that spot we'll we'll examine it and that's uh, I think that's a that's definitely an area we've discussed all right, so that's what the Angels general manager has to say about the shortstop position. Though Randy in Riverside sent me a tweet saying, I just want to hear your take on shortstop. I know everybody wants to know uh, who, but like, what do you see us uh, doing, uh, if anything? The way I kind of see it right now is if the shortstop market goes the way of the Angels, like they have, they've been able to fill these other areas to where, okay, you feel like a solid team is being built, there is a foundation, there are roots, and of course you have the star players, but you can sense that this offseason has been a little different uh, because it, it's not been about big names. It, it's been about filling in different spots throughout the roster. So if the opportunity presents itself for a big-name shortstop to, to go get that, well, then great. I mean, why wouldn't you want to pursue that? And, and there are some really good ones still available. Okay, Trey Turner's a Philly. Great. But, you know, Dansby Swanson, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa is the big one. Now you have to also evaluate, okay, do we want to get locked into another 10-year deal uh, for $300 million? Maybe because that would also sure up a position that's been a need for the Angels for a long time. But if a deal doesn't make sense, I think the Angels are in a position to where they have enough talent there to where you can kind of get by. 
And when I say get by, I, I mean that actually as a compliment because there is there there's good players there. And you look at David Fletcher, and when you look at you know Luis Rangifo and what Levon Soto could be now. Uh, do you need a bridge before Levon Soto is ready to go full time? Probably, but um, I, I think that you know just kind of where the Angels are at as far as shortstop goes. Like, why wouldn't they want to pursue a big name um, un- unless it was a, a crazy dollar amount? And who knows? Maybe there are other free agents the Angels are interested in. The other part about shortstop position too is, you know, everyone talks about the Fab Four coming in, which I just made is down to three. Maybe there's something out there that could be available in the trade market. Like maybe, you know, who knows if the Guardians would be willing to part with Rosario. Like that would be a really interesting player to me. I I know that there was some chatter about, you know, maybe Garrett Hampson uh, being available in the trade market. How how much of an upgrade is Garrett Hampson over, you know, maybe what the Angels have now? Hard to say. Probably a little bit, but I I don't know. I I don't really know the answer there. Gosh, the way Luis Rangifo finished the end of last season, how could you not like what that guy did in September uh, helping the Angels uh, make a big push? you know, played over 500 baseball in August and September, which was great to see. And Ring Ifo was, was, you could argue, maybe the, the second or third best hitter uh, in the Angels lineup while all that was going on down the stretch where the Angels were so banged up. So something to be said for that, sure. Small sample size, absolutely. But I think that we have seen Luis Ring Ifo progress to the, the point that, you know, the projections on him and the scouts for so long have been so bullish on what Luis Ringhifo can be. I feel like we finally started to see some of that come to fruition last year. So the Angels, I, I think, have a little bit of a luxury at that position to where, okay, yeah, there's room to improve. If we can go get our guy, yes, we'll go do that. Maybe it's in the trade market. Maybe it's a free agent. But, yes, there's opportunity to improve at shortstop. But if it doesn't happen, you're not stuck. Now, you probably still have other areas you need to address, uh, but I I think that the Angels, if a shortstop doesn't happen, it's not going to be the end of the world, which everybody would like to see an an upgrade, no doubt. But there's enough talent in the system now to where I think they could still be um, okay. That's just kind of my two cents on it. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I mean, shoot, if the Angels, uh, if if I got a text message right now, the Angels are signing Carlos Correa, I'm jumping for joy excited because, I mean, that would be a huge addition. But if the Angels, you know, if that doesn't happen, it's not that big of a deal in the sense that they already have some pretty good players in-house. And I think you can uh, take some uh, solace in that. Now, as far as uh, Shohei Otani, the 2021 MVP, the reigning MVP runner-up this past year, I think that when you look at uh, what Otani is going to be doing this coming season, obviously it's the last year of him uh, under Angel team control. He signed the one-year a deal to avoid arbitration back uh, in early October, which was really cool to see. I think that that's a positive sign that that was able to get done. I don't want to overread into that, but I do think it's a big deal that that got done when it did. I think it matters that that happened in October and not in January or February. And Perry talked about uh, what his correspondence has been like with Shohei Otani this offseason. Yeah, him asking me who we're getting <laughs> on a daily basis. We talk a lot. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's... You know, he's into it. We have a lot of players like that. Trout. Mike's like that. There's a lot of guys. Anthony's like that. You know, there's – this is a motivated group. You know, I think it's a very motivated group. So, um, you know, I, I get a chance to talk to a lot of the players um, more than I probably thought I would. You know, I love gathering opinions. You know, I, we, we signed Tyler Anderson, and I, I want to say – Maybe an hour later, I called him on a different player. I was like, what? <laughs> so, but he was great. He loved it. 
you know, and I've talked to him multiple times on different players that he's played with. And it's just why wouldn't you use, you know, those, yeah, your resources to make the best decisions you possibly can. And I'm a big, I mean, players, players know players, right? And, and um, they see how guys work and how, how guys do things. And I mean, these are, if you, we've got some really intelligent, committed players that I think would make great Anthony could do whatever he wants when he's done. If he wanted to manage, he could manage. If he wanted to sit in this chair, he could do it. You know, Mike, same way. Shohei, the same way. Like These guys are animals when it comes to the game and understanding it and seeing it. And, um, coaching staff, too. I, I mean, trainers, clubhouse guys, all of it. You, know, you, you, you probably put me in an insane asylum if you found out how many people I talked to before we do something. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, safe to say Perry Manassian is quite thorough when it comes to uh, trying to find out everything he can about players. You know what's interesting, too? These, this year, of course, the World Baseball Classic, Mike Trout spearheading the Team USA roster as the team captain. Of course, he's going to be part of the WBC. A bunch of angels are going to be a part of that. Shohei Otani is going to pitch and hit for Team Japan. Uh, we're going to see David Fletcher and Max Stassi with the Italian team. Uh, Patrick Sandoval is going to pitch uh, for the Mexican national team. There's going to be uh, Luis Rangifo is either going to be in Venezuela or Colombia. That's still uh, being decided. It looks like Jaime Berea uh, might participate as well. So there's I mean, I don't know. I think the number is either 12 or 13 angels are going to be a part of different teams for the World Baseball Classic. Benji Gill, one of the coaches on Phil Nevin's staff, is going to be uh, the skipper for uh, the Mexican national team. So a lot of uh, WBC involvement for the Halos. And Perry Manassian is not really concerned about that at all. And also weighed in on what Shohei Otani's plan is going to be for participating in the World Baseball Classic. We'll see. We're, we're going to discuss that down the road. So um, we haven't had that discussion yet of exactly uh, how that all fits and works and uh, where they're training, that specific team, and when he's going. And we will have that discussion at some point here soon. Uh, but we haven't had that discussion yet. But I'm excited he's playing. You know, I think it's great for the game. I think we're going to have a lot of players participating. And uh, I know... I can see reasons to be uncomfortable with that, especially if you're in this chair. But at some certain times, you have to. The game is bigger than you know. We need to improve it, right? And uh, I think it's an honor when you have ten, twelve, fourteen, however, we're, however many we might we might have participating, that they're in this tournament and part of this event. I think it's awesome. So I'll be watching. Yeah, who won't be? I mean, that's gonna be pretty cool, especially when. The Angels, I don't know how many people have looked ahead to the spring training schedule. The Angels have a game against Mike Trout and Team USA. I said the Angels have a game against Mike Trout. Uh, That'll be pretty interesting uh, when that happens at Tempe Diablo uh, coming up this March. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really cool. And I I think, you know, credit to Perry Manassian for having the mentality and the mindset of, hey, you have earned this. And he talked about that as well, about how – being invited to be a part of your national team is something that is an experience that you 
earn and it's it's a reward to be a part of something like that and and he really feels like he does not want to impede on any of those opportunities for any player and um, you know as as he said you know it, it would be easy to sit back and be concerned going oh no I don't want anything to happen you know when he's with somebody else but look that again that's part of baseball and you give credit uh, to where it's due on that I mean it'd be easy to, to feel the same way you know you can say with Shohei Otani oh I don't want him to get hurt so he can't pitch and hit um, but or you could let him be him and, and that's the best player in baseball that uh, is coming off the most impressive season in, in the game's history what Shohei Otani did and and the only season that could compare to that was what he did in 2021 when he was the unanimous MVP so Shohei Otani is absolutely incredible he's the last guy anybody's worried about you know Shohei is going to get his work in no concerns on that front okay we're going to take a timeout when we come back our conversation with Angels manager Phil Nevin coming back for the 2023 season he and i uh, had a conversation a little bit earlier tonight our exclusive chat up after this now we'll take a short time out forward from our sponsors this episode is brought to you by hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology they have tons of innovative products like venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation and hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Uh, Angels have made four moves already this winter, including one yesterday to bring in a relief pitcher and Carlos Estevez. Of course, Hunter Renfro, a part of the organization now. Tyler Anderson is going to pitch. Um, and then we'll see Gio Urshela really all over the place this year. So exciting to see what the Angels are going to be like, uh, filling in a lot of needs. Uh, and the Angels are just building a ton of depth within the organization, which is pretty encouraging to see. Also, uh, we got some news today here at the Winter meetings uh, they had the first ever MLB draft lottery and that took place where Pittsburgh Pirates are going to pick number one overall come uh, June as far as or I guess July now as far as the Angels go well they were slotted 10th uh, this one actually hurt a little bit they fall to 11 um, you know there were some other teams that got hurt a lot more I think Oakland was one of the teams that had a chance to be number one overall they were one of the three that had equal odds uh, to be number one overall and they aren't going to end up picking sixth so a tough break there for the A's, but for the Angels, uh, they moved down. Uh, would have been 10th the old way. Now they'll be 11th. All right. Also, this coming season, Angels manager Phil Nevin is back on, on a one-year deal to be the Angels manager, and he and I had a conversation earlier today talking about his first winter meetings here as the Angels skipper. He's the Angels manager Phil Nevin hanging out here at the winter meetings. Now, this is kind of like home, right? Uh, hanging out uh, down here in San Diego County. Uh, what is uh, the week like for you, seeing people I know and, and, and now doing it uh, as the manager of the Angels? Well, I am close, yeah. I'm about 20, <laughs> 25 minutes, so I've actually been able to go back and forth. I'll stay down a night or two, but uh, certainly seeing a lot of familiar faces. And, you know, this time of year, you get to, you know, it's that itch where you start missing being around it and then seeing all the people. So it's, it's good. We're, we're, we're getting a lot of things done as a group, for one, but uh, really need to see all the guys in one room for a little bit, and then obviously mingle with people outside of our room, too. i got to tell you, I, I'm constantly looking at the roster, and I'm trying to figure out where guys are going to be and, and playing around, okay, what if, and playing through all the kind of scenarios. How do you kind of handle that uh, as the skipper? 
you know, I mean, I've been asked a lot, you know, where are you going to play? You know, I, thankfully, I don't have to make a lineup on December 6th, right? So uh, I just know that we've added uh, some really good bodies to our club, very uh, productive, very good major league players, guys that, uh, you know, Gio Urshela I've had in the past with the Yankees, a phenomenal individual uh, besides what he brings to us on the field, some versatility, uh, elite defender, elite person in the clubhouse. Uh, swing the bat, put it in play. Uh, you know, with some authority too. You know, he really takes good about it. The thing about Gio is he hits really good pitching. Uh, Hunter Renfro, somebody I've admired from afar, back from the minor leagues, and then when he came up with the Padres, you know, I still have, you know, I, I live in San Diego. I still have kind of those you know, ties, if you will, because I played here, and I remember the Hunter Renfro comparisons when he first came up, and then you know, now having him on our club after him, you know, him establishing himself as the major leaguer that he is, a big power bat, really good outfielder, huge arm. You're going to see some great throws from right field, left field, wherever he's going to play. Uh, and he's going to hit some balls into the seat. So uh, Tyler Anderson, I was overjoyed when we got him. You know, obviously the game last year, he takes yeah. the perfect game into the ninth against us. Um, obviously he's not going to do that every day. <laughs> Uh, but just to bring some a lot of stability, another thing he adds is really good leadership for our young left-handers that we have, and, and it puts four left-handers in our rotation. But if you look at our ballpark, you want right-handed hitters up against us. You know that left-center field gap is pretty big, and right field's a little bit of a shorter port. So these guys know how to pitch. Uh, they're going to learn a lot from Tyler Shohei at the top. Um, really, really exciting times. And then Estevis, obviously, who we signed yesterday. Uh, going to add a big arm to that bullpen that, you know, we just really haven't had that big power guy that's throwing strikes. And, you know, you can go to when you need a strikeout. You can go to when you need big outs. And really looking forward to meeting him and, and him being a part of our group as well. I know just looking at some of the numbers, I think he's got 25 career saves. I don't know if he's going to end up closing for you or not. Um, but compared to some of the other guys you have in your team, there's not a whole lot of saves among that group. So when you have a guy that's got that experience that can come in and, and be a part. How much does that matter to you as a manager, knowing what this guy's done before and what he's capable of? Well, first of all, the more the better, but the, the pedigree, the history for me, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's closed games. He certainly has closer stuff. I mean, you saw how I ran the bullpen at yeah. the last part, the last two months last year. And, you know, we had, uh, I mean, I think Jimmy, I think uh, Loopy, Tep, uh, Wance even had one or two there. But, um, you know, I... I we got, a little, we got a little action. Free, free meal here. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but the way, you know, I, I'll mostly, you know, I look at the games as like where are my biggest outs going to come from? You know, what if I bring in this guy, are they going to pinch hit? And what's that going to look like later in the game? And, you know, it just gives me more flexibility. But I certainly Carlos is going to get a lot of those last outs, a lot of those eighth and really a lot of the ninth inning outs. I, I really anticipate that. And, you know, we'll see how it plays out, but that's really kind of the plan going forward. There's some things in his arsenal that we feel like we can add to. Uh, obviously, being out of Colorado, everybody's going to play that game. But, you know, the fact is, is he took the ball every time Buddy asked him to in that situation in Colorado, a tough place to pitch. Never shied away. The makeup we hear is phenomenal. Comes from a great family. Looking forward to him being part of the mix. Do you chat with Buddy about guys like that to get a little bit of insight? Yeah, I mean, I think we all talk amongst each other. Yeah. You know, Buddy's a friend of mine, and, um, you know, I knew they were kind of in the race for him, too, so yeah. I didn't want to, you know, tip our sure. hand. But, you know, you, you bring up guys here and there, and, and certainly Carlos was one when, when his name came across. And, 
Uh, like I said, really excited to have him. Buddy Black had nothing but great things to say. Uh, my son was a Rocky there for a little while too, so and uh, somebody that he uh, he he thought highly of and and uh, really respected when he was in his time in, in Colorado. So, like I said, he's, he's going to be a good fit for us. Talking with Angels manager Phil Nevin right now. Now, I don't know about you, I'm kind of a forward-thinking guy. I don't like spend a whole lot of time looking back, but I can't help myself in some respects to what 2022 was, and I just kind of look at the whirlwind it was. I, I can't begin to imagine what it was like for you. Have you spent any time looking back at last year and maybe evaluating just kind of how things went from your perspective? Well, I think, yeah, probably. Um, mostly just like, how can we get better? How can I get better uh, in that room with my players, with my coaches, with our front office, and always trying to improve on anything we do, just as I think we do yeah. as players. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it's. I know I'm in a. I'm, a, I'm an extremely lucky guy to be in the position I am. It's not quite how I planned it, but yeah. uh, you know, I think once I knew I was going to come back this year, and the. You start game planning, if you will, and how's the winter going to look like, and how you know the relationships with my players, and keep building those. And the constant communication I have with them has been great, and you, know, you start planning spring trainings and the things that you want to implement. On that, you know, I've always thought that yeah. you know I would want to do when I got this chair. You know, you you manage games in the minor leagues, and you certainly are managing different personalities. Um, but it's the minor leagues, and part of you kind of wonders, like, well, if I have that opportunity someday, the way I talk to these guys, the way I approach what I do, <clears throat> how's that going to work with superstar players, with major league players? And at the end of the day, I think one of the greatest things I learned from playing for a Bruce Bochy and a Dusty Baker, <clears throat> Buck Showalter, uh, Sparky Anderson, is I got to be myself, right? So. You know, and and then getting the chance to do it for a couple months and understanding how my players responded and how they played and they went about that was I couldn't have been more proud of how they went about their business and playing the games. We were short, obviously, through injury and didn't play well at times, but I knew that they were prepared to play every day. I knew they wanted to win every day, and I'm really looking forward to having that for each day starting in spring training. I think that it's easy to kind of get lost in this when you're looking back at the season as a whole. Phil, your team played really good baseball in August and September, and you played over 500. I know it's all relative because where you guys were at at that point in the season, but but that said, how much pride do you take in what your team was able to do over those couple of months, and how much did you feel like maybe some of the things you were trying to implement started to show show some dividends a little bit in those couple months? Well, I mean, I think it did. I think it had more to do with the routine. You know, we were thrown out of whack there for a little while with the changes, but you know, yeah, I'd like to think that it had an impact on what we did. And, you know, you play a little bit over 500 down the stretch in those two months against some darn good teams and teams that were in the race and some really good baseball atmospheres. Um, and then sit back and say, Mike missed part of that time. We didn't have Anthony for any of that time. We didn't have uh, Jared Walsh for any of that time. Uh, we missed some veteran pieces off the bench that were important to us and Matt Duffy. Uh, Max Stassi's going to be a better player this year. I know it. It was just a downtime for him. <coughs> we traded away our closer. We traded away one of our starting pitchers, and we're still able to accomplish some things over those two months that I feel are going to run into next year. And now we add all that health, and we add some of the bodies we've done. I'm really excited to, to get started and, and where we can go with that.
you know what's going to be interesting in spring training. We were talking about this with Perry yesterday. Uh, you got a lot of guys that are going to be a part of the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> it's, it's a long list. So, uh, you know, he's talked about being the general manager, that that's something, hey, those guys have earned the opportunity to be a part of that. He wants them to have that experience. Um, as a manager, is that one where you're watching, kind of biting your nails, hoping everything goes okay? Or, or how are you uh, seeing when you have so many of your players uh, playing for other clubs there in March? You know, I mean, when this got started, I know we got a lot of bodies out there. One thing I can sit here and tell you is when I was in college, my last couple of years in college, the uh, most probably one of the greatest highlights of my baseball playing career was being able to wear USA across my chest and compete in the Olympics. And the fact that I'm going to have, I think it's 12 or 13 guys and a couple of coaches that are going to have that opportunity I would never, ever say anything or do anything to keep them from that. Um, you know, it, it was it was such a great time. I'm excited for them. I'm excited yeah. to go home from our spring training workouts and watch games at night and watch my players. And all I've told them is go get after it. You know what I mean? The only the, You get hurt when you back off. So I want them to go play. I want them to enjoy every second of it. Shohei being in Japan and Mike playing for the USA and, and Sandy's going to play in Mexico now. Even Fletch and Stassi were going to represent Team Italy, uh, Quijada, Suarez. I mean, we have a ton of guys, Renhifo, that are, that are <laughs> going to go out and play that I couldn't be happier for, that I couldn't be more excited for, and the opportunities they're going to get. It's nothing, it's, it's something you can never take away, you know what I mean? And they're going to remember that the rest of their life and building relationships with you know, some of the greatest players around the world that they're going to be able to play with and play against in these. I mean, getting 50,000, 60,000 fans when you're in spring training is pretty fun, too, you yeah. know, and have, not having to do the everyday grind. Because as a player, it can get monotonous. It can get old. And I'd much rather have them ready for competition that way than, than going out in front of a small spring training, sure. getting them out in the fifth inning and going and running on the backfield. They're still going to get their work in. They're still going to be getting better as players. But... I'm excited for them to go through that. I'm not worried about it a bit. Uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to watching. I knew I could count on Phil Nevin to have you guys competing and playing hard. Uh, that's one thing that I know that you've shown that your club can do. Um, so a lot of players right now, whether it be Mike, whether it be Shohei, Anthony, a lot of text messages going to Perry Manassi in these days, figuring out what this team's going to look like. Is, is that something you're doing? Are you a part of? Uh, are you a part of that? Trying to wonder what what the team's going to be like coming up this year? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I'm sure everybody's. When you care, I mean, yeah, you want to know what's going on. Uh, you know, I have constant communication via text messages through my players, whether it's <laughs> whether it's baseball related or what they're doing, they're hunting, they're fishing, they're playing golf or anything like that. And it's just <clears throat> it's just keeping those relationships that we built over the last few months uh, constant, keeping them good until we get to spring training. And as you know me, if you've gotten to know me over the time, I value that you know yeah. more than. Pretty much anything in this game, I, I, uh, I really feel like that's important. You, you watch every World Series, you watch every playoffs, every celebration. They talk about, you know, the close group, close group they have, the unity they have, uh, the things that they talk about, and there's always stories that come up at the end of the day. Usually happens when you win, right? But it is something that is created, and and uh, I think we've certainly created a, a lot of that here. Nev, appreciate it. Congratulations on the extension, by the way. Looking forward to seeing uh, what your team's going to do this year, and thanks for the time. Thank you. All right, so that is Angels manager Phil Nev, and I'll, I'll just say this about Nev. Uh, he, his teams are always going to play hard, and I think that we saw that, and there is a different kind of culture that is being built as far as this organization is concerned. Uh, you know, you, you, 
haven't really seen it in terms of wins and losses yet, but you've heard Perry Manassian talk about it. We, we've kind of heard Phil Nevin allude to it a little bit right there. And, and then you've heard other free agents that have shown interest in like, hey, we've heard the Angels. like This is a place that you really want to be. Hopefully that can turn into even more mojo this winter. Angels off to a good start with the four players they've already picked up. Uh, but what is next for the Angels? We'll discuss that and answer some of your questions when we come back. My name is Trent Rush, broadcasting from the winter meetings in San Diego. This is Halo's Hot Stove on Angels Radio AM 830. I want to take some time now to answer some of your questions. You can find me on Twitter at Trent Rush Sports. Use the hashtag Angels Recap. We have just a couple of minutes. I got one here from Alex who says, is there an update on Zach Neto? Uh, do you see him in the majors soon? You know, I think that there are a couple of guys uh, between Neto and the big leagues. I, I think he had a very good year last year. In fact, uh, he was considered to be one of the prospects uh, that had just about as good a, he was he was of all the draft picks he was considered to be the guy in baseball that had the best short season uh, when he arrived. So it'll be very curious to see what his ascent could look like. I, I don't necessarily see Neto as being a, a major league player in 2023, maybe in 2024. Uh, who knows? We did get an update. I know you didn't ask about this, but um, as far as we're, as long as we're talking about top prospects, did get a little bit of an, an update on the Angels catching situation. Looks like uh, the Angels feel really good about Max Stassi being the guy. And Perry talked today about having, you know, hey, Look, Stas would be the first guy to tell you he did not have a very good offensive season, but when the Angels were able to make that jump from being 22nd in staff ERA two years ago to being ninth last season, he considers Max Stassi as being the anchor of that and being a huge reason why uh, Matt Theis is going to be an interesting get guy because you'd like to have that left-handed bat in the lineup. That said, uh, he's out of options. He'd have to make the team coming out of camp. And then you have Logan O'Hoppy, who generally I think you would typically want to have when you have a young prospect's get as many reps as you can at the minor league level before you come up to the big leagues. I think catcher is a little different because you still would get a bunch of reps. You get a chance to learn how to handle major league pitching. I think there's still a lot of learning that can be done for a catcher at the big league level, even if they're not necessarily the starter compared to uh, being at the minor leagues. So I think that there is a chance we could see Max Stassi as being uh, the starting catcher and Logan O'Hoppy, the Angels' top prospect, being next. Again, Matt Theis uh, could be in the mix the left-handed bat is attractive uh, chad wallach is back on a minor league deal to add some more depth to that position we all know how important catcher depth is um, so just kind of get a little bit of update as far as uh, what the angels situation is looking like amongst some of their top prospects and again this is you know so early right now hard to say what things are going to look like moving forward as far as these winter meetings go I'm sitting here and telling you uh, there could be something that happens in, in five minutes from right now, or we could be back here tomorrow morning just kind of sitting, waiting, and maybe leaving the winter meetings and still not knowing totally what's going on. That, that's just the reality of it. That's the nature of what these meetings are like. I'll tell you, if I were to go downstairs and go through the lobby, it is absolutely jam-packed with people and a bunch of people uh, trying to get jobs, and I think that there is something um, appealing about um, – you know, it's something a little romantic about baseball, about how, you know, you go and you grind and you work and you can get an opportunity in this game. That's what the winter meetings are for so many people here on radio. You know, we'll spend a lot of time talking about the ball club, but uh, there's so many other avenues within uh, this baseball industry. It's a, a complete gathering here, and it's kind of cool to see that. 
um, unfold. And who knows, you know, what kind of mix the Angels could be. And I'm telling you, one second, I think the Angels are going to do anything. The next second, uh, my phone's blowing up, and who knows what's going to happen. And uh, I wish that there were some things that I could share with you. I, I, I can't right now. Maybe I will be able to tomorrow. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening here uh, over the course of winter meetings. I know this much. The Angels are better than they were a couple of months ago. There is room for them to improve. But I think that there is a reason to be excited about what the Angels have going in terms of the way this entire organization is being built. For Derek Taylor, our studio coordinator, my name is Trent Rush. Thanks to each and every one of you for joining us. Be sure to check out the Angels Recap podcast as well. From San Diego, this has been Halo's Hot Stove on Angels Radio AM 830.